0: and Assets, where we are providing the financial education you need to live the life you want. Mm -hmm. Uh, We are your co-hosts, Robin and Courtney, and we are so glad that you're here. Uh, We are not financial advisors. This is for educational purposes only, Um, but we are really super excited about our guest today. So Robin, why don't you talk about him, introduce him to us and the world?
1: All right. Well, I have the pleasure of introducing Dave Sook. He is just an incredible speaker, but a, a superstar at syndicating. Um, he has a, a business line called The Real Asset Investor, and he's also involved in so many other projects. Um, so thank you so much for joining us today and speaking to our viewers. Um, I've had the pleasure as well as Courtney to um, hear Dave speak on a number of occasions, and he's so, so powerful with his words and so I just am grateful that you're here today and um, wanted to just kind of ask you to share a little bit about your diversification of your portfolio. I know that you're involved in a lot of different asset classes and, um, you know, that's a different strategy than um, many investors and um, how that sort of came to be.
2: So first, thanks for having me on your show. I appreciate it. This is going to be fun. Uh, My story is I was born in a very entrepreneurial, business-friendly family. I was um, involved in the modular building space pretty much all my life. My dad bought the business here. I was born. I'm still involved in the family business. I now run that with my three brothers. And um, so, you know, growing up in business, um, I started several businesses in my, um, you know, late teens, early 20s. Um, by the time I was in my late 20s I got myself into um, you know I, I got my I got myself a tax problem uh, some of these uh, businesses were doing very well and I ended up paying taxes in the tune of you know half a million dollars and and you know I I, I was having fun building business I was doing what I was Created to do. I was having all kinds of fun, spending a lot of time, energy, effort, and all that, but it didn't even feel like work because it was so much fun. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but when I had to give up half of my money and, and give it back to the government, it wasn't so much fun. And I <laughs> vowed that I was going to um, figure out a way to not do that anymore. Mm-hmm. And so by reading, self educating, and diving in deep, um reading books like rich dad poor dad and hearing Robert Kiyosaki talk about you know how you can make millions of dollars a year and pay no tax illegally that really intrigued me about well, drove me crazy actually because that wasn't me You're like
1: what yeah. yeah
2: yeah how is that possible how is that legal you know and uh, so I went down that path soon realized that um real estate but specifically multifamily apartments at the time um, was a great investment, not only from you know, a, you know, building wealth through cash flow and, and appreciation, equity, all that, but it was a tax protection vehicle. And that's mm. sort of the door I entered. And um, so I, I quickly started accumulating real estate, bought a, you know, multifamily apartments, bought a couple hundred units of my own, ran out of money, uh, and then got my friends, you know, got my family involved first. And um, then I, you know, expanded that into friends and family. And then, you know, before I knew it, I I was getting people involved all over the country and became a syndicator. It really wasn't something that I um, planned a long, you know, a long time out ahead. That's what I wanted to be. It was more, it, it kind of, I saw an opportunity and I, And I went after it. So that was the start of me being a syndicator and raising capital Mm -hmm. to doing deals. But I've I've really, I've been an investor all my life. I've I've been an investor since I was in my teens. Mm
0: -hmm. I think that's amazing because when I was 18, I was not thinking about investing or where Mm -hmm. I was going or what businesses Mm -hmm. I was building. I wish that I had been, but I was not. So... Yeah, I was yeah, investing
1: no, in was, fun, I, not assets.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, some some days I wonder if it's a disease or if there's something that matter, but no, it, it's been it's been an interest of mine all my life, and it just uh, you know it's it's something that I naturally naturally gravitate to, and I I, I love it. To me, uh, investing is like investing done well is like farming. You know, you mm-hmm. you you acquire a piece of land, you plant the seed, you nurture that seed, you, you put the right fertilizer on the seed, and then you, you know, watch that thing bloom. And, you know, at some, at some point, there's a harvest. And, and so that, that's what investing is to me. And I just have a lot of fun with it. Mm, I'll I'll be, I'll be an investor till the day I die.
0: Me too. And when you do that, I love that analogy because when you come to see the, the fruition and you you're collecting your harvest, it's very fulfilling. It's very, um, it's really cool to watch that happen and grow and, and do
2: so. Um, no, it's, been, it's been it's been a fun journey and it's been fun. You know, it's, it's really been fun uh, getting to know so many people along the way, helping people, helping people um, not only uh, accumulate, Uh, wealth but also educating and watching people have those light bulb moments I realized I quickly realized that the problem I had from a tax perspective a lot of other people have that same problem Mm -hmm. and and I also realized that you know there there's lots of very sophisticated business people who've spent most of their um, working life, you know, maybe the last 10 years, 20 or 30 or whatever, and they built themselves an incredible, an incredible business, and they have very little understanding uh, about tax and how, how that you can offset the tax liability on your income, whether it's ordinary income, passive income, portfolio income, whatever. And so it's been a lot of fun just educating people and teach them teaching them the non-conventional side of wealth you know conventional wisdom tells you if you if you make a lot of money you got to pay a lot of tax and it's not true and
0: mm-hmm. mm-hmm. that reminds me just literally at that secrets of syndication that we were just at you know brad sumrock talked about how he was so excited about how you know he, his goal was to get to where he was paying a million dollars in tax you know because once he he reached that certain level, you know, until he finally realized that, holy crap, I can really, you know, grow this and not pay the tax at all. And so I think that's what was such a huge, profound Thing that I figured out here a couple of years ago was, wow, I didn't realize that either. And so um, now I'm very strategic about my investments and my, you know, everything that I'm doing. And a lot of, you know, the syndications I'm doing, most of the people that are coming to me are looking for those tax advantages. And so one of the things that I took from you, Dave, is, you know, trying to make sure that I can solve people's problems as, you know, I'm, I'm bringing this, but then solving a problem with what we're creating, you know, the issues we're creating with that. So, and then having that answer and, you you know, now I've got people coming back and going, "Oh, this was so great! Thank you." You know, mm-hmm. I'm gonna. Here's here's my friend. Can you help him too? Mm-hmm. And so, um, it's really rewarding to to have that happen as well. Mm-hmm. Definitely. You
2: know, it's, it's re- and that's what it's about. It's about adding value to your community, adding value to your to your listeners now, adding ba- value to to the world. And and you know, when you when you uh, figure out how to add value to Uh, people at scale you you Mm -hmm. you know the more people you add value to I mean look look at your iPhone Mm -hmm. so you you look at some of the most successful people or companies in the world and and you recognize that oh okay the the, they're successful they're so successful because they've figured out how to add value to millions and millions and millions of people Mm -hmm. so that's really what it's about is adding value to people.
0: It's The Go-Giver. It's the best book yes. ever. I mean, power of compounding. Yes, well, and what yes. you can do to help other people succeed. It's it's about what you can do and bringing value to others. It really is. And, you know, my know. I read the book and then my husband read it and then our kids read it. And it's just, it's, I, I love it. And I always think I'm like, oh, you're the connector or you're this person. And it's just, um, it's really great. And that's really kind of where Rob and I are coming from and why we're doing this so that we can help other people, you know, make a difference in their lives and help them implement and take action on some of these things. Mm-hmm. And so, mm-hmm. um, love how you are. So I know you don't send, you're not syndicating apartments, right?
2: Uh, we do, did our last apartment deal in okay. late 2018. So about so about three okay. and a half years
0: ago. Mm-hmm. But you have a lot of other different assets that you syndicate and a lot of other areas that mm-hmm. you're involved in. And I'm always fascinated um, with some of the things that you, I, I feel like you've got your hands in a lot of different lot things. Of different can parts. you, yeah, can you talk about that a little bit and maybe kind of what led you to some of those asset classes that you're in?
2: Yeah. So uh, people ask me sometimes, um, man, you must be really busy running around finding these different asset classes for your investors. And and, uh, that's sort of the opposite approach. Um, (laughs) In fact, it's, it's exactly opposite of the approach. Really what I do is I go out and invest in things that I like, that I believe in, that I love to invest in, Mm -hmm. uh, that I, that I feel have a real uh, potential to, you know, really take off in the, in, in, you know, in the future. And so, you know, I I'm investing in those things. And probably, probably when I invest in 10 assets with, uh, you know, several different operators, then there might be one that sticks. And Mm -hmm. when I find one that I really like, and I find one that I love the uh, not only the asset class, but I love the team. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I, I find a team that has a great track record, have been doing it for a long time. That's their one thing. Um, I, I love to team up with that, uh, with that team. And uh, when I have, you know, some sort of track record with that team, I typically, uh, you know, and, it, and it's an investment that has some scale that I can bring to my team, to my investors typically that's what I'll do. And and that's worked out really well for me. And I'll give you an example. So I, I was an ATM investor for about four years before I brought it to my investor base and, you know, I quickly helped grow that company from a small friends and family sort of uh, company to now one of the top four ATM operators in the country. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was an ATM investor for about four years before I brought it to my to my investor base. Same same way with, um, you know, energy. I was a natural gas investor for about four years until I, um, you know, until I really decided to go in deep and scale that. And, and so typically I'll go in with my own money. Oftentimes I'll go in with my own money for a while first and really vet the team and vet the asset and really get, Comfortable with what I'm doing, and then you know, if I feel the time is right and and the team is right, then I'll then I'll uh, bring it to my investor base. Mm-hmm. That's oh, good. I really
0: love that. I love that you take that time to go in and make sure that it's right and make sure it's right um, because it's you know it's so important to be a good steward of other people's money. So mm-hmm. um, let's see here. You
1: um, speaking of money, um, there was this this phrase that I wrote down that you said that I felt was so powerful. It was use money and love people, you know, and, um, you know, I, I, I love how you use that as a vehicle, but really you're meeting the needs of the people around you. And then the revenue comes, you know, but take care of the people. Um, and you've spoke so many times about, um, just creating and fostering and continuing relationships, um, and I, I think that's so important, you know. As we're um, investors and syndicators, so many times I've I've talked with individuals who were new in the in the business, and I consider myself still to be to be new in the business. Um, they fail to remember the relationship component, mm-hmm. um, and it's it's about the deal. And you know, you've just expressed over and over and over again that it's really about the people you know, and so could you speak to that a little bit, how you've seen that play out? In yeah.
2: yeah, I mean, it, this, you touched on it, this, this is a relationship business. I mean, you can go out if the deal is good enough, you can probably find the money, you can go out and, and you know, get the money, um, do the deal. But if you really want momentum, um, you know, you, you got to have, a, you got to have a relationship, you got to have a relationship with your investors, Um, they need to feel that you've got their best interest in mind. Some of the ways that we've gotten creative and structured some of our deals is kind of non-conventional, even in the syndication space. And, you know, some of that is just to make it very obvious that our goals are aligned. There were several of our investors where, uh, you know, and I don't know that I would recommend this to uh, syndicators, but uh, there are several of our investments that um, we are, not only don't we make any money until the investor gets all of their principal mm-hmm. back and the, their preferred return, but we're actually underwater until that happens. Meaning, you know, we, we you know, cover the cost of running the fund, we cover the legal costs, we cover the costs of setting up the fund, and we don't make any money until the end when our, in custom, when, our, when our investor is paid out. There's several of our funds that are set up like that. So when you, when you can clearly show your investors like, look, we are aligned here, we're not gonna make any money until, you, you know, you know, until, you, until you've hit your projections um, that speaks loudly and clearly to them, you know, and of course, you know, right behind that behind relationships is, is reputation, you know, you only, this is a reputation, you know, if you, if you get a bad reputation in this business you're going to struggle, mm-hmm. and so you know it's important that you deliver um, under promise, over deliver. You know, it's important that you deliver what what you're what you what you put out there. Mm-hmm. And so those two things in this business, if you can do those two things well and and, and then get good, solid deals out to your investors, you're gonna do well in this space.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, that's really, really great. So, tell me, um, I know that you are involved in all these different spaces right now with all of the crazy inflation that's happening and everything else. Where, where do you find um, some safe places to invest to protect your wealth?
2: Yeah. So, um, well, for us, we have our core products. I, I love commodities. I, I, you know, I, I, I think. I think going forward, uh, commodities in the next couple of years, um, I mean, they've typically done very well in times of inflation.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, there's certain kinds of real estate. And when I, when I look at, you know, we do a lot of self-storage.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh,
2: that's, that's typically an asset class that does very well in times of, in periods of, of high inflation. It also does very well in times of uh, turbulence.
1: Mm-hmm. You know, when you look
2: back at 2008 to 2010, self-storage, one of the best performing real estate asset classes out there. You look back at COVID, one of the best performing real estate asset classes out there. Um, you know, so I, I love an asset class where the asset does really well in good times and maybe even better in times of distress. So that's a good hedge, not only for inflation, but, in you know, for it's a, it could be a recessionary mm-hmm. uh, hedge. Yeah. Um, and then, and then look, just, uh, you know, we, you know, we're seeing inflation now that we didn't have thought, you know, we thought would have been crazy two, three years ago. Uh-huh. And so you look at, you know, you look at the typical conventional approach to stock market investing and you're thinking, okay, you know, over long term that that will deliver you a seven to 9% return, right? Well, if you're getting a seven to 9% return, you're barely, you know, you're, you're not breaking even. In, in these it's type like of you're markets,
0: losing money.
2: Oh mm-hmm. sure, and and you know and it, and 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 of course I'm I'm maybe I'm a conspiracy theory, maybe I'm a uh, it, whatever, but I just believe when the Fed or when the government is telling me that inflation is eight and a half percent, I think it's probably more like fifteen or twenty. Um, twenty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you know, I mean, look around. I mean, when when it, look at look at things that are things that we buy, you know, desire, rare, desirable assets, you know, desirable piece of real estate on the water, on the lake, on the river. What's happened to that? What's happened to that in the last five years? It wasn't eight and a half percent inflation. It was a lot more than eight and a half. So look at, you know, maybe not milk, bread and eggs, but look at rare desirable assets that, that we buy. It's, it's much, much worse than eight and a half percent. So, yeah. Just you know, keep that in mind for your for your listeners. You know, when you're out there looking at an investment, when you're out there looking at an investment asset class, uh, some of our energy investments. I mean, I you know, for me, um, you know, I'm I'm getting energy uh, monthly distributions where we're making more on a monthly basis than uh a lot of people would expect on an annual basis mm-hmm. and so you know just the opportunities that that are out there in the space look if, if you have if you find a great operator in the right asset class um the, the this is the time to shine right now in the next couple of years
0: mm-hmm. Yeah, commodities is definitely you know we've been involved in oil and gas for a very long time, um, but some other commodities you know that we're looking at getting into is coal and some other things, and that is definitely not my specialty or forte, and I'm having to do a little bit digging, but I think that is definitely a really good. Uh, it's a place where we're looking at you know diversifying into uh, very much so. So we're heavily involved in you know real estate. Actually, I'm involved in one of your sto- your storage funds, and so you know that's not my specialty. So I go to the experts and. Um, But no, coal and, you know, natural gas and some of these other areas are are something that we're looking at actually moving and diversifying into. I think right now is a really good time to do that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I
2: think, uh, you know, I mean, look, the Wall Street and paper assets have have had their time.
0: Mm -hmm. Uh,
2: I just believe in the next in the next decade is going to be the time to own real assets. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. It's a great it's a great time to be a real asset investor.
1: Oh, yes, it that's is. so true. <laughs> <laughs> so for our listeners that would want to get in touch with you after we, um, uh, you know, are done with our show, how can they do that?
2: So our website is therealassetinvestor.com. And if somebody wants to reach out to us directly, it's info at therealassetinvestor.com. And we're very responsive. Someone from my team will get back to you if you reach out and, uh, ask for any information, questions on anything that's related to any of our investment asset classes. We have reports that we write up on this stuff. So Mm -hmm. definitely Mm -hmm. can follow us and and reach out to us. Okay, that's awesome, that's amazing.
0: So thank you so so much for taking the time to come on and speak with us and speak to our listeners. I, I really appreciate it. You're, you're, I'm I I want to be like Dave when I grow up. So you're such an inspiration <laughs> yeah. and you're such a great I didn't, person.
2: I didn't grow up yet.
0: <laughs> That's right. And we were
1: having that conversation before you got on. <laughs> well, I think what's so amazing is how successful you have become in such a short window of time and you're mentoring your family and your kids and so many people and are so accessible Um, and you just want to keep sharing and I just you know you've just blessed so many people in your path and um, I just think it speaks volumes about your character so I really appreciate that about you
2: well thank you I appreciate it you're welcome I look forward to doing it for a long time
1: Yes, absolutely. So thank you, Dave, for your time. And I just want to um, reiterate um, for our viewers that um, please um, go to our YouTube site and subscribe to Ladies Kickin Assets. And we look forward to um, having another guest on our next episode. And we just want to graciously thank Dave for his time. Thank you so much.
2: All right. Thanks to you guys. Thank
1: you. Bye bye.